0: If you have your Bibles tonight, um, would you turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, the crash is on, and if you turn over into Romans chapter 5, and just one uh, verse tonight, and uh, i not be too long, just very simple, but Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, and once you're there um, at Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, uh, would you please stand for the reading of this one verse, Romans 5 and verse 8, Uh, Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Amen. Romans 5 and verse 8. Praise the Lord. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Father, tonight we pray, as has already been prayed by Brother Andy, that you bless your Word. Lord, that you would speak to hearts tonight. Lord, we realize it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by our intellectual ability, it's by the power of your Spirit. Lord, that you would open hearts and open eyes tonight. They would see their need of a Savior. God, we commit every man and woman and boy and girl in this meeting to you. Lord, you know each individual intimately. Lord, we pray tonight that you would do a work To glorify your son alone. We ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. May take your seats. Praise the Lord. I'm going to share tonight uh, the title of this message is Pursued by Love. Pursued by Love. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 He said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save. Them which are lost. I want to say that verse again. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. The ultimate purpose is salvation. But you know, there's something wonderful about the seeking. There's something quite unique about a God that seeks, a God that searches. A God that goes after, a God that looks out for, a God that pursues, a God that is relentless in a search, even for one soul. It's actually so profound. And perhaps those that are saved in this room, and you look over your life and you begin to consider the hand of God, even before you were saved, you can see the handiwork of God at work over your life, how he pursued, how he was relentless in his pursuit to bring you to the place where you repented of your sin, give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, and glory to God, you experience this wonderful love, the love of God. He is a God that searches. He is a God that seeks. It's so profound. If you actually stop for a moment Uh, wherever you are in life, whatever stage you're at in life, whatever plans is going on, whatever your thoughts are, if you just stop for a moment to think that the God that has created everything and all things and everything consists by Him and everything is held by Him, the very very fact that we can meet together in this fashion and be here tonight is all because of an almighty God that keeps everything by His own mighty power. And then just think of this thought, just this one thought, that this same God who has created everything is a God that pursues. It's actually amazing. When you think in your own life, and those, I'm looking around this room, some I've known for a good lot of years, and so I see it. But I see the pursuit of God in a life. Even before I was saved, I look back often and I think, I'm so grateful and thankful for a Christian home and loving parents and Christian parents. But that wasn't enough to save me. That wasn't enough to get me into heaven. And yet they taught me, they showed me, they brought me, they sent me. They done everything with me regarding the things of God. But none of that was enough to save me. But in all of that, what I see is the pursuit of God. God was pursuing, even from from a little boy, God was pursuing me with his love. It is the motivation of God. God's only motivation is that God is actually love. He is love. And that pursuit of God is profound. To pursue means to go after or to search for something. It is actually amazing that God would go to any lengths and any depths. The Bible actually tells us that His arm is not short. His ear is, cannot hear. But His arm can reach into the very depths of the darkest of pits. And because of His love, He can lift us. We were, we were singing it tonight. I was sinking deep in sin. Sinking to rise no more. And then He hears the cry. And praise the Lord. He lifts us out of the depths of despair, out of the depths of misery, out of the depths, of the prison house of sin, the darkness, but yet the love of God pursues right in to the very depths of that dark prison and lifts us. God's amazing love. You know, John penned these words, and when I'm talking about love tonight, it's not the love that, that this world, most of this world is filled with lust or there's the, just the natural love, but I'm talking about something completely beyond that this world without Christ knows nothing off, but oh, that God would, would reveal his love to every heart in this room. John writes these words, he says, Behold, he says, what manner? Do you know what it means in the original? What possible sort? Of love has the Father bestowed upon us. There's a love that goes beyond every realm that there is in this in this earth tonight. He says, What possible sort of love is this that God the Father would bestow upon us? And is it is beyond, you know, the hymn writer says, Oh, love of God. It, it's it's like tonight, it's beyond our realms, but yet we can experience the love of God in Christ. Paul writes about this love, and of those who are saved in this room tonight, here's the great hope, here's the great strength. He talks about an impenetrable love, a love that cannot be penetrated. He says in Romans chapter 8, he says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? He speaks of the things that are seen and the things that are unseen. He speaks of things like tribulation and distress and persecution and famine and nakedness and peril and sword. He speaks of death and life and angels and principalities and powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, or any creature. None of these things, he says, can separate us from the love of God. What a love. John the Apostle writes these words in John 15 and 13. And this is what he says. I want you to listen. He says, greater love, greater love, has no man than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends. What a love. This is a love that is active and it is a love that pursues and our reading tonight and our text in Romans 5 and verse 8, but God commandeth that word commandeth means God demonstrated his love. He demonstrated his love. That demonstration and his love toward us is that in why we are yet sinners. Sinners, praise God, Christ died for us. What an amazing love that Christ would die for us while we're yet sinners. In 1 John 4, John writes these words. He says, God is love. And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten into the world, son into the world, that we might live through him. That God is love. I want to talk about this pursuit. He says, the Son of Man's come to seek. To seek. To seek. Do I want to tell you something tonight in this room that God is seeking? It's an amazing thing. It's actually, it's such a it's such a profound thing that the Almighty God has come into this room tonight. You may not see it because it's by spirit, but he's seeking men and women and boys and girls in this room. He's seeking. And the reason that he's seeking is because he loves. And he prayed that great verse, for God so loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life." God's seeking. God's seeking. And what motivates God, the seeker, to pursue? Do you know what it is? It's his love. He seeks because he loves. And the seeking is nearly as precious as the saving. The seeking, I want want you to hear, the seeking is nearly as precious as the saving. The saving is the ultimate purpose, but the seeking is profound. There's a Savior in this room. His name's Jesus. And He's seeking. He's seeking hearts. He's seeking lives. And it hadn't just started tonight when we started our meeting at 6.30 p.m. or at the prayer meeting at 6 o'clock. The seeking of God the searching of Almighty God by the power of His Spirit. There's souls in this room tonight and you may not even be aware of it. And a lot of the times before we're saved, we really don't know that it's been happening. But when we get saved and when we go on a wee bit and sometimes we sit down and begin to consider and look back and go, God, you were seeking me and I didn't even know you were seeking me. It's happened before this meeting tonight. That God's been seeking men and women, and boys and girls in this room. He's seeking you. He's seeking you with his love. You know, I love to look. I love to take a moment when we look at the scriptures and read the accounts and the testimonies of people who had encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ. And often we focus in just on the on that one particular moment when when there's that encounter with the Lord. But often what I do is I try to pull out a little bit and get the full picture and maybe a little bit about their life, and often it doesn't tell us much about them. But when you look at the Scriptures and you see and you get a bit of the testimony of the life that they were living, and then you see in the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the pursuit of the shepherd. It's so wonderful. We read of characters like the, like the young man that was dwelling in the place of the dead. The Bible says he dwelt in the tombs. The Bible says that no one could help him, no one could bind him, no one could prevent him from harming himself. He was a self-harmer. We see him struggling and we see him chaining them and holding them and trying to get him into a place, but every time he was held, He broke the chains that they held him with. We find him in the mountains. We find him in a dark place. We find him up. And friends, I can only imagine and maybe put a little bit into it, but there he is up in the tomb in the place of the dead. He's crying out to God. He's crying out for help. And he's crying out for an answer. And he's crying out for someone to turn to him and help him. He's crying out... And then, friends, here's the most profound thing. We see the Lord speaking to the disciples and saying, Let us go over to the other side. You see, God seen where that young man was. God seen the trials and the darkness and the despair and the brokenness and the emptiness. God seen the self-harm. God heard the cry as he sat up in the place of the dead and he's crying out for an answer, and he's crying out for help, and no one could help him, and yet there's one that's coming. He calls over that sea, lands on that other side, and there's a young man comes running out of the tombs, pursued by love. It's amazing. I think of the woman who gets up. It's just another day, but it's another empty day. It's another broken day. It's another day of despair. It's another day of depression. It's another day, it's the mundane. It's all the sin. It's a broken life. It's relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship. Five marriages. You're not honestly telling me tonight that this woman's not empty and broken. She's tried everything, the pleasure of sin, and she's getting up. They say that the reason why she was heading out at midday was because of her embarrassment or shame because the women would have went early in the morning. I don't know, but that's what they say. And now she's going out the door and she's tired and she's weary with the sin of her life and she's heading up with her with her pot to get some water from the well. And when she gets there, there's a man sitting on the well and he had said to his disciples, I must needs go. The Samaria, what was he doing? He was pursuing, he was pursuing a woman because of his love. I want to tell you, friend, tonight in this room, you're not saved. I want to let you know something. Whether you believe it or whether you don't believe it, God's pursuing you. Oh, God's pursuing you. I am so glad that God pursued me. I am so glad that he pursued me. Do you know he pursued me down into a horrible pit of sin? He pursued me down into the depths of despair and depravity. He pursued me into the darkest place that I possibly could have went. But you know what? He pursued me. Why did he do it? I want to tell you why he done it because of this great love. It's because of his love. He loved us so much, and he demonstrated that love when he died on that cross 2,000 years ago. Oh, love of God. There's many in this room can testify to God's pursuing love, the pursuit of the love of God. You know, this is a great time of the year. What's wonderful about it is, it's lambing season. And if you watched, if you drove along the, the fields, and you look out across the fields and you see all the wee lambs? I'm now talking of though I think I'm a farmer, I don't know anything except I know the four legs and they're very cute, that's as far as I know. But I have a wee hat, and uh, Nicky was laughing. I put this hat on. I walk down our lane, pretending I'm a farmer. I'm not a farmer. I've got all my fingers and all my teeth, so I'm not definitely not a farmer. <laughs> and I walk down our lane, and at the bottom of our lane, there's these beautiful, beautiful little black sheep. And Nicky and I would stop in the car. And we both pretend we're farmers. <laughs> She's not here, I can say this. I'm about to window down and we we'll be, oh, look at that. We don't know what we're talking about, but they're cute. And they're a joy to watch. There's something about them, isn't there, them lambs? There's something about them. And you see them playing, and then they go off in a wee group together, and then mummy, mummy lamb, there you go, that's how you know i <laughs> She just lets out a bit of a bleep, and the next minute all the wee lambs know which mummy to go to. I still can't work that out because they all look the same. And then I watched a couple of wee lambs, and they're playing about, kneeling the tears, laughing at me. And this gate, you know that farmer gate? And they crawled through the gap in the gate. The big mummy couldn't get through. And then they went through a certain gap, but they didn't realize to come back in the same way. So they were trying to get in another way. It was hilarious because they were too big to get in because the gate narrowed down, so they were trying to get through and trying to get through. Nicky said, what are we going to do? I said, I'm not going to do anything. They tried and they tried and they tried. Eventually, they found a way back in and they got to their mummy. This is what Jesus said. He said, what man have you if you had a hundred sheep how simple is this? And if you lose one, does he not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness? This is what he said. Listen to this. This is what he said. It's actually, do you know, what's so simple, we could nearly miss it. But it's actually so profound if you think about it. Which one of you does leave the ninety and And nine in the wilderness. Then he said these words, and go after that which is lost. Then he said these words, until he find it. Until he finds it. The relentless pursuit of the shepherd. Can you see him go? Did he come to you? Jeff, did he come to you? Did he pursue you? Did he come? Did he leave the 99? And there was a relentless pursuit. He went after you, Ruth. He searched you out. Even, not pointing to Ruth, but even when we turned our back and we went our own way and we're like those lambs and we found a hole in this. And we went through it. And we went our own way because we're all like sheep and we've all gone astray. We've turned to our own way. And yet he comes. He comes after us. He comes after us. He searches us. He's relentless. Do you know why he's relentless? Because he loves you. He'll not give up. He'll search. He'll seek. But I'm not interested. I'm not interested in that God stuff. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to go out and enjoy the world. I'm going to enjoy the pleasures of sin. I'm going to go out and live it up because all this fuddy-duddy religious stuff I'm not interested in. Yes, I understand. I believe there's a God. I believe that Jesus died. We have heard all that since we were kids. But I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to go into the world and enjoy the sin. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. I'm thanking God for His love. Because it's not like human love. Because human love would say, well then, do it. But you know what God does? He begins a relentless search. That prodigal went deeper and down into the depths of sin and despair. He wasted everything. He had everything, but he wasted it all. And down into the depths and into the pits, I want to tell you something, the Holy Ghost, the Father didn't, but the Holy Ghost pursued. God pursues. God pursues. God pursues. And friends, I want to tell you something. There's nothing like that moment when the eyes are opened and you see your need of a Savior and you know you've fallen deep in sin and you've sinned against God and you begin to call out to God and say, God, Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, I've turned from you. Lord, I've gone my own way. Lord, would you have mercy? Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? I'm so sorry. Would you come into my heart? Lord, would you save me? And then... You know what he bestows upon us? The love of God. The love of God. God's great love. It's relentless. There was a man by the name, and I'm sure a few of you would know, his name was George Matheson. He was born in Glasgow. At the age of 19, he was studying. He got firsts and he was studying to become a minister. He'd met a young lady and they were to be married and everything was going well. Then he got the news that he was going to lose his sight. He was turning blind. And so we took a few moments and he, he spoke to this lady to tell her, Look, I just need to let you know that I'm going to lose my sight. But, you know, obviously he was still in love with this girl. And she says to him, George, I don't want to be married to a blind man. And she left. him. Short space time later, George Matheson lost his sight. He finished his exams. He became a minister. And his sister became his care, looked after him. And... When he was about the age of 40, she had met someone. She was going to get married. And he says these words. He says, as the family were off at Glasgow to the wedding, I was alone in the manse at that time. It was the night of my sister's marriage, and the rest of my family were staying in Glasgow, and something happened which was known only to myself and which caused me the most severe mental suffering. He says, at that moment, I have no natural gift of rhythm. He says, but words came to him like a day spring from on high. And he penned these words, O love, that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back. The life I owe. The life that you have belongs to him. He died on that cross for your life. He doesn't want your money, doesn't want your intellect, doesn't want your gifts, doesn't want your talents. He just wants your heart. Proverbs says, My son, Listen, my son, my daughter, just give me your heart. Cause here's the thing. You know we sing that song. This morning I was challenged bad. I'm actually always challenged bad if I had a thousand hearts to give. Lord, sometimes it's a struggle just to give this one. But you know, when the love of God touches a life, it's easy to give all, because there's nothing like his love. Can I tell you, friend, tonight, Jeremiah 1 and 5 says these words, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. What I know is this, that God knows you. And he's known you before, 6.30 tonight. God knows you. And God's seeking you. God's seeking you. And he's not looking for you to clean yourself up or get yourself together or become religious. It's the worst thing you can do. He's seeking you to save you. To save you from your sin and to give you life eternal. What a gift. Do you know what's amazing tonight? To know that you have the gift of eternal life. You either do or you don't. What I know is he's pursuing you pursue. Tonight, will you surrender to the great love of God? Will you repent of your sin? Will you say sorry for your sin? Will you open your heart and allow your life? Brothers and sisters, you're saved in this room. Is there anything like the love of God? Is there anything like the love of God? Open your heart to the love of God. He'll fill you. He demonstrated his love. You know, I hear people say this. God's way up there. What has he ever done for me? What? What a blind statement. What has he ever done for me? He hung on that cross. He died a death like no man has died. His back was like a plowed field. A crown of thorns was crushed in his head. They nailed him with that cross. The Son of God. And he did it all for you. He did it for you. He's seeking souls in this room to save you. Tonight, will you give your life to the Lord? Let's pray together. Father, we just bow in your presence just for a few moments. Realize, oh God, Lord, it's not by anything but through the foolishness of preaching. And we ask that you would confirm your word with signs and wonders following the greatest wonder of all. the greatest miracle that could ever happen, the miracle of the new birth, born again. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, if there's one, more than one, in this place tonight, that's lost, I thank God tonight that you're here to seek the lost and to save the lost. We pray that the Spirit of God would move in hearts tonight, convict of sin. Bring them to that place, that sweet place of repentance. Lord, may they know this great love. Oh, love of God. Lord, we ask tonight that you would speak. Speak on in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's stand together tonight.